The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome into Kingdom Keys, the official pregame podcast for Arrowhead Pride with Maurice Elston, Nate Christensen. I am Nick Schwartz. Guys, it took us about 20 episodes, but I think I can speak, at least for myself, I don't know how you guys feel, this is as much energy as I have felt, as much excitement as I have felt doing a pregame show, maybe since week one, like maybe since the season debut when they were coming off the Super Bowl win, going against the Lions, all year it has felt like, fix these issues, where did this team go wrong? How can they improve? How can they get better? And for the first time all season now, getting ready for an AFC championship game against the Ravens, I'm, I am I feel excited again. I feel like what I – it used to feel like every single week as a Chiefs fan, which is, yes, there is still a big bad wolf in the AFC and they still reside in Kansas City. How do you guys feel? Well, I've kind of thought all year is like, I really didn't – like I'll, I'll, I'll admit I was wrong. I did not think this team could be like a real – like good playoff team with the way they put all year and they proved me wrong because the bills were that um the bills were a very very good team on the road at um that the Chiefs had to go on the road and play and they beat them and i didn't think they could do that all year so i like they proved me wrong i'll fully admit that um does that make the season a success or not i guess that's you know that's up to judgment but they did something i didn't think they could do so yeah i can understand feeling excitement now because like or from your perspective and my perspective i am a little more excited because now it's like oh like they proved me wrong. Now, what can they do moving forward? Yeah, for me, I mean, my excitement is I'm trying. I'm trying to taper um, <laughs> because Chiefs are about to go against a really good Ravens team, and it's like, can we? Can, can they string together what they've done two two weeks in a row? Right. So it's like it's been this roll. I, I was half optimistic, probably for more than more than half the season, and then that latter end of the season, I really start like getting pessimistic about it. Like, I don't know if my optimism is even warranted anymore. And now I'm kind of back there like, hey, we can string into one more game and the Chiefs can be in the Super Bowl. They're not in like, but I'm I'm excited. Um, If if, if that, this, that game left a lot to say, okay, they can still turn it on when it needs to turn on. They still can go get it when, it, when, when it's time to go get it. Um, they've been here before and they understand what it takes. It's kind of the feeling it gave. You know, there's a lot of big headlines, a lot of things you could take away from that game. And, you know, Travis Kelsey getting two touchdowns, Patrick Mahomes being nearly perfect now in the AFC championship game every year of his career as a starter. But I can't help but keep going back to Marquez Valdez Scantling. 
like a guy who every like find me a Chiefs fan. If you guys can point to a Chiefs fan who had not thrown in the towel on this guy, I'd love to meet that person because two catches, 62 yards doesn't really scream, wow, what a massive game. But given how low the expectations were for this guy and the fact that all season we talked about the idea that you didn't need any of these dudes to be great every single week. You didn't need every single one of these guys to step up and become a big-time playmaker. But I think we all knew at one point during the postseason, like one of those guys either stepping up or not was going to be the difference between the Chiefs moving on in the playoffs or going home. And that's exactly what happened, guys. We finally got the MVS game. I don't know if either one of you guys are banking on another big performance from him or any of the other ancillary receivers the rest of the way, but what a godsend that was. The Chiefs don't win that game without MVS, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah, yeah it and was it was the catches he made, too. They were both, like, tight uh, tight catches, like, with his hands. Yes. Like, the one was, like, over the shoulder on, like, a fade route versus man coverage. Is like, this is a guy who's been dropping, like, any pass through contact all year, any sort of contact, and the ball is going straight on the ground. The other one, he avoided, like, a safety was coming downhill to hit him. He was still able to catch it, like, bring it in. That's what was, like, impressive. It was, like, the quality of the catches were, like, good, too. It wasn't just, like, oh, he accidentally got open once and, like, it just came to him. Like, they were they were high-quality good catches that he had been making all year. And that's what I kind of said, Nate. When I, when he caught those, I was like, we found the remedy. The remedy is not let him be wide open. Like, the the the, 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 the catch has to be difficult <laughs> in NBA. Only, only contested catches. Yes. <laughs> only targets in traffic for MVS the rest of the way. I'll be honest. When I watched, like it was kind of a lot of those catches because they were bang, bang. I was like, who was that? I was yeah. like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, I was like, that's, that had to have been Rasheed Rice. It was like, wait, wait, <laughs> MVS in traffic. He came down with that. Like, well, yeah. oh, here comes the fumble. It's like, oh, here, here comes the ball, like squeezing out at the last second, but it never happened. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so cool. So shout out to MVS coming through in the playoffs for the second season in a row. Like it kind of reminiscent. Mm-hmm. I know the stat line isn't as good, but it was kind of reminiscent of him in the AFC championship game last year versus Cincinnati. And now the chiefs getting ready for the AFC championship game again on the road again, underdogs again. So Let's get right into it. Injury report, Chiefs, Ravens for a shot at the Super Bowl. Maurice, what are we looking at this weekend? So um, to give the clarification, we are recording this on, on a Wednesday night. So so things can change by the time, you know, this, this hits your ears, listeners. So, uh, but as of today, uh, pretty lengthy, definitely uh, for, lengthy for the Kansas City Chiefs and not so no lengthy for, for the Baltimore Ravens. But you uh, – you have Trey Smith that was out that did not practice with an illness, so he'll probably be fine. But then you got Joe Tooney, the pectoral injury, though the MRI came back positive. Um, reports are that he he may miss this game, but it's early on, so we'll we'll see there. Um, Pacheco didn't practice again. That's kind of been a thing the last couple of weeks, starting off the practice um, on not practicing. Of course, Derek Nottie's still out. Mike Edwards is still under concussion protocol, so none of them practice. Then you had a limited practices for Blaine Gabbert, um, Willie Gay, um, Legarius Sneed. Morris returned um, today with a full full practice, so that means he's probably about to clear the concussion protocol. And then um, the rest were full practices. Um, Sky Moore didn't practice again, still on 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 the um, injured reserve, so he may have had a setback last week. And but um, 
Prince um Prince Tega, he um he practiced today fully. So that's a good sign for some offensive line depth that may come back off of injury reserve. As far as the Ravens go, um Kevin Zidler, the guard, they just gave him rest, veteran rest. So he didn't practice today. Um uh, Tylen Wallace, the wide receiver, did not practice. Um outside of that. Um, Rock Shin, the cornerback, is limited practice. Mark Andrews on injury reserve, but he did t- um, tally a full practice today. So it's really looking like this may be his game to return. So let's start on the Chiefs side of things. Joe Tooney, that was sort of the rain on the parade after the game when there was the report about the pectoral muscle when Adam Schefter came out. Uh, there was a report earlier today. I think you kind of alluded to this, Maurice. Again, we're recording on a Wednesday that it was likely, I think, was the wording that Joe Tooney's not going to go. So quickly, let's just start mm-hmm. with that. I mean, the Chiefs brought him in after a successful run in New England, made him one of, I think, maybe at the time, the highest paid guard in the NFL or one of the highest paid guards in the NFL. Uh, he's been a rock for the Chiefs on the interior offensive line. If he is not able to go, just how big of a loss is that for Kansas City? So I don't think I want to be clear. Like Joe Tooney is a good run blocker, but I'm not sure he's like a like a game changing level run blocker. Like I don't think the fall off between he and Allegretti as run blockers will really be like significantly felt in this game. Where it really is bad though is for the Chiefs' pass protection because last week's game, like the Bills are very very injured on defense, but they still like they were able to like in the past. Like generally, the Bills are very good at generating pressure from the interior with Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones, and neither of those guys were able to generate any pressure at all. So Mahomes pretty much had clean pockets the entire game. And that's because Joe Tooney is just the best pass-protecting guard in the NFL. He's so good in pass protection. It's the communication. It's it's everything. He's just great in pass protection. That, with Allegretti now, gets a little more concerning. The communication part, the Ravens are a team that send a ton of like different types of pressures and stuff like that. So that's where I'm worried. Like, I actually think the run blocking, I, I don't think there'll be like a dramatic fall off. I think they could still run the ball really well. But in pass protection, I'm like, this might get a little more concerning, especially when like your left tackle. Donovan Smith played well the past couple of weeks, but could it look a little bit worse now without Joe Tooney next to him? And that's something I've been thinking about a little bit too, if he doesn't play. Yeah, I, I kind of with, with Nate, with the, the, the loss of Tooney is going to affect the Chiefs more in, in the passing game more than anything. And it's just his 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 knowledge, his understanding um of the game, the call out to be able to make the adjustments with the blitz, definitely the stunts. Um he he really helps out well there. So that's what you know having Creed there and Creed being so good, um it, it can help Allegar. You know, you you putting you're still putting the Allegretti in a good position between the two people. But then like Nate said, you start to wonder is Tooney the reason Smith has looked so solid? Or in with with Tooney being out, does this kind of expose Smith and puts him out there a little more? So, um, good thing Andy Andy Reid is always good at scheming and helping where he needs help. So I think that's the good thing. It may cause Patrick to have to get rid of the ball a little quicker, um, and and step up. And we know we all know Mahomes is great at avoiding sacks and navigating the pocket, and you know. His communication factor of being able to call out where the blitz and what's going to happen also helps out his offensive line. So yeah. losing Tony, it can hurt, but can the Chiefs get past without him? I think so. I think if they really think they can do it, they won't even chance yeah, it. I agree. Yeah, it's sort of interesting. Like I, I know the the commonly held belief about I think this was going back to a couple of years ago when the Chiefs were pursuing Trent Williams before he ended up signing with the 49ers. And 
I believe it was Mitchell Schwartz at the time who talked about this when he said that, or maybe it was Jeff Schwartz, but they talked about how with offensive lines, it's less about having like a star on the end, a star left tackle, a star right guard, and more about just having a really solid collective unit. And you get that by getting talented players across the line, but you also get that with continuity and guys spending time together. And I think that speaks to what you guys have talked about in this new era of this offensive line going back to you know two years ago when you bring in Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, both of whom hit the ground running and were like immediately impact rookies on the line. It also helped that you had this stud left guard to create what has been for the last three years, one of the best interior offensive linemen in the NFL. So again, this is Wednesday. By Saturday, we could have more information on that, but definitely something to monitor as we get closer to game time on Sunday. All right, guys. Chiefs, Ravens, Ravens have been one of the most consistent teams in the NFL this year. I don't think there's a team in the league that has a collection of more impressive victories, not just beating good teams, but beating good teams by a lot. If you just go through their schedule, you're like, wait a minute, how many playoff teams did they beat by double digits? And it's just kind of shocking when you go through their resume and just see how, and I don't use this word loosely, but like they have been a dominant team. Yeah, in the AFC this year. So let's get to the keys for a Chiefs victory. Kansas City is four-point underdog, so they get to play the underdog card yet again in this one. Nate, where are you starting? What's your key for this AFC championship game? Yeah, last week's win was awesome, especially on offense. I thought the offensive performance was great. Um, Even limited plays. Um, Really, the only like stain in the game was what they did in the red zone. But like one or two different plays in the red zone, and they probably put up 40. That's how good the offense performance was. However, defensively, the run defense was really bad. So just some stats about last week's game. So the Bills ran the ball 33 times on Sunday. They had a 62% success rate and a 36% first down rate on those runs, which would be like so far ahead of everyone else in the NFL. And the Bills ran 17 times on first down. And on those 17 like series, they got first downs 71% of the time based off like their first down run. So they were just extremely successful running the football, especially on early downs. They were able to get the Chiefs to really like they were doing a couple different things. They mixed up personnel a lot. They brought in their extra offensive lineman a lot, named he's David Andrews, he's their backup guard. And either whether they put like the long tight end or we're gonna spread you out with our wide receivers. And you're gonna like we're gonna go big on big with your defensive tackles. They're not even gone with a really big loss because Matt Dickerson and Trishon Warren were really, really struggling for the run. And they were just consistently getting seven, eight yards on first down. And if the Chiefs started sending run blitzes, that's when they got their RPO game. The Chiefs did not have a lot of answers to what the Bills did on the ground game. Why that's relevant is we're facing the Baltimore Ravens, who can copy and replicate a lot of the similar things. Because of Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen both being elite level runners, because they both have very good offensive lines. When you have a very elite quarterback, it makes it harder to stop the run because of the number counts like that and having to account for that. So, what I kind of wrote about this week is that like the Chiefs got away last week with a poor, poor, a bad run defense effort because they were averaging nine yards of play on offense. Well, that's just not going to happen this week. Like, even if the Chiefs put up a decent offense performance, they're not going to put up nine yards of play on this Ravens defense. So they're going to have to do a better job of stopping the run. And it's for like it's going to be a lot of things. It's, it's first that guys are just going to have to step up and play better against the run. The defensive line was really poor against the run last week. That can't be the case again. 
they'll probably have to get into like different types of blitzes and fronts to try and throw off things for the Ravens, but they're just going to have to play better against the run. Because what I kind of said was if I were the Ravens, you know, coaching staff, what I would say is like, Hey, why can't we copy the bills game plan where we run the ball the time? We kind of wear them down in the course of the game, but we have a defense that can back us up and limit limited chiefs offense. And even the chiefs, score a couple times it's just a few stops in a possession game when you're controlling possessions like that so my key the Chiefs are going to do better stop in the run it's just like they cannot allow the Ravens to just consistently hold the ball lower the clock and make their their defense have an easier job so the Chiefs are going to have to do a better job stop at the run if they want any chance to win this game and to that point like it wasn't just the run right it was the quick pass game and the screen game because mm. for the longest time when the Chiefs really before Pacheco got here a lot of criticism about the Chiefs didn't have a run game. They couldn't go to it. And then Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid would talk at press conferences and say that they considered the screen game an extension of their run game. And you couple that with what you just talked about. Not only were the Bills gashing the Chiefs on the ground, Josh Allen effectively had no interest in pushing the ball down the field. 16 passes behind or at the line of scrimmage, which I believe is the most ever recorded, ever in the history, like that is insane to me when you have a talent of Josh Allen and he only had, I believe that was 16 of his 26 completions. He only had one completion beyond 10 yards. So do you look at that similarly for this game against the Ravens? Or do you think that was more of a one-off and you don't expect the Ravens to try and do that as well as what we already know they like to do and do so very successfully on the ground? No, I think, I think it actually will probably be pretty similar. Um, the Ravens do have like, the bills are in like a really weird spot where like the bills don't really have any type of like quick passing game at all because like Stephon Diggs is just not playing well recently. They don't really have like Kincaid's their only really other option in those scenarios. But I wouldn't really say that's like the Ravens strength either. Like they definitely have improved the weapons now to where teams like they can't teams can't play man coverage as much just because now that like they have Zay flowers and Isaiah likely and Odell and Mark Andrews is coming back. But I think that's what like, they're going to try and do is like control the clock, throw short, make the chiefs kind of rally and tackle, try and spread out the field, get one-on-ones. I would, I mean, I would imagine that'd be what their strategy would be going into this game. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Maurice, what do you think? What is your key for a Chiefs victory on Sunday? My key is simply force Lamar Jackson to win the game with his arm. And 
I know I know a lot of people have raved this year about how better of a pocket passer and everything that Lamar Jackson has become this year. And it's true. He has improved um, his pocket passing a lot. But if I still have to make a choice of whether I want Lamar Jackson in the pocket passing or do I want him outside the pocket with the ability to use his legs, I want to force him to pass definitely outside on the, outside the numbers. I want I want to make him have to make those tight window throws and really put the ball in there. So I think that's really the key. Um, get some pressure on him. I mean, he's he's the ninth quarterback in giving up sacks this year. So the Ravens have a solid offensive line. But when you do force Lamar Jackson to throw, he does hold the ball long because he's constantly trying to create. So if you can keep him contained and get that pressure, I think this is a big game for Chris Jones to be able to get pressure up the middle. Um, and that way your, t- your, 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 your outside defensive ends can contain, right. And, and, and he has to run to one of them. Right. So I, I think if you can force the Ravens into a pass situation, keep them out of the, the, the play action, keep them out of the handoffs, the RPO, cause that really hurt the Chiefs. Um, a lot of times they was crashing in trying to get cook and Josh Allen was going around the corner. You can't take that chance with, with Lamar Jackson. Um, I think, you know, the health of Willie Gay is big for this game. Um, just his athletic and sideline to sideline ability would be huge. But I think if you can, if the Chiefs offense, defense can hold early and Chiefs can go up and force the Ravens out of that, the run game, I think um, the victory would come a lot easier for the Kansas City Chiefs if they're able to do that. You know, if you go back to the beginning of that Ravens-Texans game last week, I know the score got out of hand and the headline kind of became, you know, Ravens dominate. Texans, but the beginning of that game, the Texans were getting after Lamar Jackson. Like that, that stood out to me early in the game. It's like, wow, Lamar keeps running for his life. And there were a few plays where his speed and athleticism helped him avoid a sack. But I'm curious now going up against a better pass rush unit in the Chiefs, what's that going to look like? I do have a follow up though for you, Maurice, because we've talked about this in weeks past as well. We've talked about creating pressure, and then we've talked about creating pressure without blitzing. You go look at the blitz numbers, the pressure numbers, pressure when blitzing, third down blitz rate. Like Chiefs are top five, boom, 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 in virtually all of those categories. So is this a blitz-heavy game? Is this one of those games where Spag's going to be sending the house at him? Or is this more about, no, just create pressure without having to blitz on every single down because of what you talked about Lamar Jackson improving as a pocket passer this year. I really think that they'll be heavier on the blitz than they were against Josh Allen. Um, and I really do. Yeah. I, I, as improved as the, the the Ravens are on the outside, um, I still like the Chiefs' chances with their defensive backs one-on-one against the Ravens, Ravens receivers. Like, no one – I feel like, you know, you can put Snead on Zay Flowers and Snead wins that matchup most of the time um Odell he'll have his splashes but he, he he's not he's not the game changer that that he once was Mark Andrews can cause some trouble but actually Justin Reed has been pretty great in pass coverage um this year he hasn't really been a liability there and as good as Mark Andrews is in, at the tight end position when you're coming back from not playing so many weeks in a row that's going to be some rust he's not going to just be able to come back you would think and just be be the dominant tight end Probably need to get a couple of weeks underneath this belt to do that. So he'll make some some plays. But so I think the Chiefs can get away a little bit 
with some zone blitzes or some man-to-man tight coverage to knock the timing off. Because that's one thing that I say, again, about Lamar Jackson. He's good in rhythm. If you take away this first couple of reads and make him have to improvise and all of that, he's going to be more prone for mistakes or he takes his head down and looks to run instead of pass. And that's when I think the sacks happen. So I think Spags will throw a little bit more blitzes at him this week. And even I think and you're going to have to run blitz a little bit more to fill some of those lanes to, to, to get them out of that run game as well. I'll add one thing. Real so quick. both the, last week against yeah, go ahead. Uh, Dave. Last week against the Bills, uh, when the Chiefs would kind of do like that hug rush where like everyone's just like pushing the pocket, it didn't really work. Like guys were like George, like George Karloftis, Mike Dana, even like Charles Amenhu, like they weren't really getting any like collapse at all. So Josh Allen was just like sitting in the pocket. He's like, all right, like I can like progress through my reads and hit my check down, and I don't have to get off my spot at all. Like that, that's going to happen again against the Ravens. I don't think this defense has like overwhelming power, like within that. So you have to, you don't want like Lamar running out of structure. So actually, when you blitz, you can get contained lanes and stuff like that. You can get speed thrown at him. And I think that would actually be a better way of doing it. And like Marie said, I trust our secondary against our wide receivers one on one. Like if they win because likely and Zay Flowers and Odell have great games, and that's that's just going to be the way it is. But like I want to see it personally. Like the secondary is so good. So blitzing it helps get more contain on Lamar as a runner. It also puts, you know, puts a challenge in the hands of the Ravens wide receivers. And against our secondary, I think there's a shot that the secondary can hold up a little bit. Oh, yeah. I think there's more than a sh- I mean, at this point in the season, you're what 20 weeks in. Like, there's no more questions about this Chiefs secondary, right? Like mm-hmm. This is one of the best units in the NFL and the Ravens as good as their offense has been. That's not the wide receiver group. That's going to scare me. If there is one, talk to me in the super bowl. If you got Debo and I, you can Kittle running around the field. Um, you guys both went defense. I'm going to go offense for this one for my key. When you look at the Ravens who have been one of the best defenses in the NFL, a lot of people would say this is the best defense in the NFL. Chiefs and Ravens are kind of right there, actually. I think these are the two best, I mean, certainly the two best defenses remaining. But when you kind of break down and and look into Baltimore's defense a little bit deeper, they are vulnerable in some areas. I wouldn't necessarily call it a weakness, but this team can get got on the ground. And I know you can look back at last week's game and say, really? Well, the Texans ran for, I think, 38 yards. Well, the Texans aren't a good running team. The Texans want to pass the ball on every down and the game got out of hand. It took them out of running situations. Isaiah Pacheco was awesome last week. I think because of all the other storylines, it kind of got lost in the shuffle. This guy, once again, an unsung hero, 111 yards from scrimmage and I think 16 touches. So you're talking about, what is that? About seven yards per touch in that game. And when I look at the Ravens, like, I don't know if I'm, if, if I'm necessarily advocating for trying to beat them at their own game, But it goes back to a theme, I think, that's been present with this team all year long when we were trying to figure out who is this second wide receiver going to be? Who else can be trusted? And I think we eventually resigned to the idea of how about just get the ball in the hands of your best weapons? And Isaiah Pacheco at this point in his career is absolutely that. I don't know where you would rank him between Kelsey Rice, but Pacheco is in that mix with those guys. And I know you go back to last week's game. I, I think we all thought, turnovers were going to play a big factor in that one like Josh Allen we've seen so many times throughout this season making really costly mistakes at unfortunate times for that team 
And then you look at last week's game, no forced turnovers. And in fact, if the Chiefs wouldn't have turned the ball over, that game would have been, you know, relative. I mean, for all yeah. intents and purposes, over before things got a little dicey there at the end of the game. Isaiah Pacheco, like the turnover issues this year with this team, whether it's drops, interceptions, tip passes, Isaiah Pacheco, one fumble, guys, one fumble all season long. Like this is a steadying presence. I think you could argue he is one of the most reliable pieces that you have. Like, you know what you're getting with him. He is running fresh. He is running strong. And he's going up against a team that is about league average when it comes to stopping the run. So I know that this, this team is going to win on the backs and the shoulders and the arm of Patrick Mahomes. We saw that last week and it was a friendly reminder that like, yeah, I'm still him. I'm still here. Don't compare me to anyone. Don't compare me to Josh Allen and don't compare me to Lamar Jackson either. But I think this could be another situation where we get to the end of the game, the Chiefs win, they're going to the Super Bowl, and we're not maybe talking about, wow, they just won the AFC Championship game because of Isaiah Pacheco. But if we're sitting here in two weeks getting ready for a Super Bowl and we're looking back on this game, we say, wow, quietly, this guy has been a rock in the postseason because that's exactly what Pacheco is to this team. Yeah, I, I absolutely think that Pacheco makes – this thing easier for for Mahomes um, because defenses now they're going to always focus on Mahomes. They're always going to worry about the pass, and you get Pacheco in a light box and give him a running lane, and he he's been more patient this year. He's be like so he'll break off some long ones. I mean, even Clyde, you know, in his limited touches has has added a spark and added some dynamic to it. I think it's just like you said, Nick, like a steady in presence where. When things start to get out of hand and it's not clicking, you're not afraid to turn around and run Pacheco three times in a row to get a first down to to settle things down. Um, game on the line last week. We get you know you, the Chiefs get the ball back. You need a first down to end it. Pacheco first down gets you about nine yards, right? It's, so it's the it's, it's the thing and just his overall energy, you know that that he brings that 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 keeps that team and that offense uplifted. So. I really think he's 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 a huge key. I mean, the Ravens, whenever they honestly faced a good back, even in some of their wins this year, they 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 would they were getting gashed. The Rams gashed them. The um, the, the Browns gashed them. Um, even the 49ers in that win, McCaffrey had a good game, right? So they can definitely be had in the in the run game. And if you make them start to focus on the run game, then that's when Patrick can really go to work. I think there's something to be said yeah, about no, the energy thing and, too. Uh, what? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Nate. No, I was saying, um, like I mentioned at the beginning, like the Chiefs, you know, the Bills controlled the clock for the majority of that game, the, the plays, the series, but the Chiefs were averaging nine yards a play, right? They were so good in the air that like they just kind of made it up. Like it didn't matter. You can't quite do that against the Ravens. Like the Ravens passing defense is so good. Like what Roquan Smith and Kyle Hamilton and all of the scheme, all of it's great. But like I guys mentioned, they are a more vulnerable like running team. So maybe, you know, do a little bit what the Bills did. Try and like run a lot on first down. Keep like keep the game short. Like if you make this a six, seven series game, at that point, anything's possible. Like you're not going to be able to generate the same level of success in the passing game, but I don't think that's like unreasonable that they can't run the ball and try and kind of control the game and help their defense out a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. When you look at like, you're so right about the pass, the pass defense for Baltimore versus the run defense. 
They're giving up nine or 4.9 yards per attempt through the air. That's number one in the NFL. They're giving up 4.5 yards per rush. So you're talking about less than half a yard between what happens when you throw the ball against the Ravens versus when you just hand it off. By the way, that ranks 25th in the NFL. So there are areas of weaknesses on what is otherwise a very, very stout and dominant defense in Baltimore. Let's get to prediction time, guys. We are now predicting. Who would have thought this a month ago? We are now predicting today if the Chiefs are one win away from being in the Super Bowl again in 2024. Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, on the road in Baltimore, four-point dogs, three-and-a-half-point dogs, depending on where you're looking. Maurice, why don't you start us off? Uh, It's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a heavyweight fight. Um, I'm I'm convinced. I think we're going to see a lot of back and forth, kind of like what we've seen with the Bills. Um, I think the Chiefs have to use the strategy kind of like, you know, quick passing game, Rasheed Rice early in in the the screen game to kind of those extended runs. A lot of of yards after the catch, which is, you know, Andy Reid's offense is good at creating that. So I think that's what's going to have to happen. Um, I'm going to go 31 to 28 Kansas City. I think both teams um get get some scores and get and then it I think it may start fast and then kind of slow down and then the fourth quarter will be where um whoever has the ball last and hopefully that's the Chiefs is what I'm hoping and, and to go down and win the game. Okay. I like it. Good start. Nate, how are you feeling? So I'll start this by saying this year's Chiefs proved me wrong. I didn't think they were real Super Bowl contenders. I didn't think they could be any legit playoff team, and they did. They went on the road. They beat a Bills team. Injured or not, that was a really, really good Bills team that they beat last week. And that, they shouldn't be taken away from that. If they were to win this game, I would pick them over the NFC two teams. Like I actually would feel pretty comfortable about this. So the Chiefs could win the Super Bowl. However, I am picking the Ravens. And I knew there was a buck coming. I knew there was it's something honestly coming. Only, I think there's a path. The more I've thought about this week, I think there's a path. But why I went the Ravens is the Ravens. This Ravens team is one of the best teams I've ever seen in my lifetime. Like by DVOA, they're like one of like the five best teams ever by DVOA, which is only like the last like 25 years. So like not all time, but this is a really good team. They're like the coaching staffs are really good. The uh, for the Ravens, like they're just really deep. Like Lamar Jackson is going to win MVP. And whether you agree with it or not, like the best unit on their team is their defense, not their offense. And their quarterback's going to win MVP. Like that says something about the quality of the team. I think the Chiefs will keep it close. I think they're going to come out with a really good game plan. They certainly have the better quarterback. But I just think the Ravens have a little more talent. I think this is their year. I think that, um, like, frankly, I think whoever the Ravens play in the Super Bowl, I'm picking the Ravens by like 14 points. Like, I don't think it'll be that close. So, I think the Chiefs have a shot. They proved me wrong this year, but one last time, I do think the Ravens are going to win this game. But I honestly think, like, after last week's performance, like, if they lose this game, I'm not going to leave this season unsatisfied because they've proved to me still that, like, they can absolutely compete and win Super Bowls. I just think this Ravens team is just a little bit different. All right. So I think this is kind of how it went last week. I think Nate came in and then I sort of agreed with everything he said. And then I gave my big butt at the end and said, but, and that's exactly what I'm going to do again this week, because again, can't argue with anything you said. Ravens are the best team in football. They beat the brakes off virtually everyone they play. And Lamar Jackson is absolutely a deserving MVP candidate. And he's got a 
number one defense behind him. He's got more weapons than he's ever had in his career, and he's coming off a really dominating performance to get to the AFC Championship game. However, that was against the Houston Texans with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. The Ravens are a better football team across the board. They're more talented. They're more complete. They're more consistent. But are you built for this? Are you built for this moment? I don't have any questions about the Chiefs. Like they proved that last week. It's, hey, nice season. Oh, you got hot at the right time. Oh, you got an innovative new offense down in Miami. Congratulations. We do this every year. We are here every single year. We know what it takes to win this time of year. We know what it's like to have 80,000 fans pack our stadium and expect us to win this game. And now you're not going to give us that backing. Now you're giving us a little bit of a chip on the shoulder to say, oh, we're underdogs again. We got to go on the road again. Fine. Watch this. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll say this every single week until I, I'm proven wrong, but I just I cannot allow myself to be the guy to predict it to happen. Like I can't predict the Chiefs to lose a game that they historically win year after year after year. And I know they lost to the Bengals a couple of years ago, but like you said, it, Nate, this team keeps proving me wrong. And I keep just putting out of mind everything I thought I knew about this team in the regular season and say, nope, it's different. Lamar Jackson had his best game of his postseason career last week. He now, in five starts, has five passing touchdowns and five interceptions. We'll find out. Like, we're going to find out on Sunday if, like, no, it's not just going to be Mahomes every year. No, there are other guys, other teams capable of leading their teams to the Super Bowl. But until I see it, I'm not going to predict it. So I'm going to go Chiefs 34, Ravens 28, a cover, a win, and a second consecutive Super Bowl. Boys, I hope we're doing this in two weeks. I hope we're doing mm-hmm. – you know what? Let's let's just do this. If they win and the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, let's do a bonus episode next week, right? We can't, we sure. can't wait two weeks to no, do another no Super Bowl preview. We'll give you two of them, right? Two for the price of one. This has been fun. I joked with Maurice before we came on. It already feels like we're kind of playing with house money, getting to do a show at this point in the season, given everything that we've said every single week about this team. Right. So it's it's been fun, and I say we do it again next week after a Chiefs dub. For Maurice Elston, for Nate Christensen, I am Nick Schwartz. Thank you guys for listening. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premiere. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premiere is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas. The city. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride Premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.